For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I grew up going to church. Um, we were very involved in a whole bunch of different things. I went to Awana and Sunday school and different Bible studies and vacation Bible school. Um, and I heard a lot of sermons. Uh, I kind of felt like I'd heard all the stories. And if you're familiar with the Bible, you know that there are a lot of genres covered. Uh, but there was, there was this one passage that really stood out to me as absolutely terrifying. Now it's not of, of uh, wars or flooding, famines or pillaging. It's actually uh, three verses right here in Matthew 7. And Andrew had no idea of this when he assigned me this section, um, but I couldn't help but chuckle a little bit because here was a passage that I really wrestled with as a kid and as a teen, and now I get to share a few thoughts on it. That's not to say that I understand it fully, um, but I certainly have come a long way from my understanding as a child. Um, so before I share my thoughts, let's, let's read through this passage. It's Matthew 7, verses um, 15 to 29. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, and the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Now these verses coming up are the ones that really got me. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. It's a pretty heavy passage. <laughs> um, I'm going to be putting the, the fruit and the house segments together here. I, I think they kind of touch a bit on a similar thing, you, you know, looking at where are, we, where are we rooted? What is our foundation? Um, a healthy tree bearing good fruit, a diseased tree bearing bad fruit. I really simplified this as a kid um, to the point that I almost thought, if you don't know Jesus, you do bad things. If you know Jesus, you only do good things. Um, clearly, I was wrong. Uh, it, you know, is, is someone who doesn't know Jesus incapable of doing something good or kind? We know this isn't true. Um, there are a lot, of, uh, a lot of people who don't yet know Jesus that, that are involved in good things or are in part of world-changing organizations. Um, on the flip side, you know, is, it, is a Christian who sins, spoiler alert, it's all of us, um, is a Christian who sins forfeiting their salvation? 
Well, praises be, we know that that's not true either. Um, a house built on sand can still look nice, it can still have some appeal, but its foundation is shallow, it's not sustainable. Um, you don't get the same health and, and lasting effect. Um, I think it's, it's really important for us to know our why, to look at our motivation behind what we do, what are our decisions being founded on, what are, what are our motives behind um, how we live our everyday life. And if it's not on Christ, um, we need to look more intently on what we're doing. Um, but then th there's more to it too. Um, you know, I think if, if we examine all that we have done and all that we do, how are our lists going to compare when we look at what we do for ourselves and what we look fully for, do fully for Jesus? And I think it's important that we're aware of this and that we're, we're continually keeping this in check to, to know, are we, are we doing this for our own self-gain? Are we doing this because this is making us comfortable? Are we doing this because it makes us look better in society? Or are we doing it out of a true love for Jesus? Are we doing it because it's his calling, because it's work for his kingdom? And then there's this, this middle section here. Um, a section that pushes that point a little bit further. It's not just what you say you're doing something for. This middle part that, that made me lose sleep at night, um, that, that challenges our actions. Um, that yes, we know who our actions are for maybe and we, we know what our beliefs are founded on, but also challenging us that we have a relationship like none other. Um, I think we all know people who, who drop names. Maybe it's of, of celebrities that they ran into or know a lot of detail about or um, people in the community that run in different circles. You know, it's, it's easy to drop a name even if you don't necessarily have a relationship. Um, I have a friend of mine who she could tell you probably any information about most celebrities. Um, and she can tell you statistics on certain games and and what athletes have done what. And there have actually been times that as she's telling me a story, I've thought she's talking about a family member or a friend until it gets to a point where she says the name or she says a little detail that I catch. Oh no, this isn't about someone that that you're in a close relationship with. This is someone that you know about. And it makes me wonder, how often do we do that? Um, how often are we dropping the name of Jesus? And maybe with good intent, we know a lot of information, we've memorized scripture, but do we have a real in-depth relationship? Are we pursuing that relationship? Because if my friend were to run into a celebrity that she's talked about on the street, they're gonna turn to her and have no idea who she is. We want to make sure that we're not doing that with Jesus. We're not just memorizing scripture, memorizing all the things that he's done, looking at his character, studying, but not actually having any relationship. I never knew you. It terrified me as a kid. But then I realized we actually don't have to live in terror. It's not about that. We can be preparing for it, and not in a, an end's day um, preparation of, you know, stock your shelves, in, in building this relationship. Um, and then that way, when we meet him face to face, it's simply this, this heightened continuation of a relationship that we've been building through faith all this time. Um, these verses actually remind me of a, a part in The Voyage of the Dawn Treader by C.S. Lewis. Um, Edmund and Eustace are, are talking. He's telling her um, of some of his experiences. And Eustace asks, 
But who is Aslan? Do you know him? To which Ed Edmund replies, well, he knows me. He is the great lion, the son of the emperor beyond the sea, who saved me and saved Narnia. Well, he knows me. There's more than just a distant connection here. There's more than just being able to share statistics and information. There's this reciprocal depth. Do you comprehend who you are in Jesus Christ? And at the same time, do you comprehend who you are without him? Is the sacrifice on the, on the cross something that, that permeates every part of us that we're excited to share? It, it changes us. It affects us so much that others see Jesus in us. I want that. It's something that should be transformational, not just head knowledge. It's something that as I get to know him and as I build a relationship, my life is completely changed and people are going to see Jesus in me. That's what I want. It's not what you know, but who you know. Or sometimes, you know, is, it, is our faith more of a catchphrase that we use on Sunday morning or when we run into other Christians that we say, hey, I'm praying for you, but we don't actually follow through. We say, yeah, God is good, but we don't actually acknowledge what that really means. We say, hashtag blessed, but we don't have this relationship In the story, people say, Lord, Lord. Um, in, in Semitic language, this, this, there's this intensity of emotion when you double a name. And there's, I think there's this attempt here of, of proving that they know Jesus. Um, we also see that the, the term Lord is used as a way of respect. Um, but when they say Lord, Lord, when we say Lord, Lord, is he actually Lord? I think we would need to remember who's talking here, that it's Jesus. And, and who is Jesus? Who is Jesus in our lives? Is he Lord, something we say out of respect? Or is he Lord? Does he have lordship over our lives? And in having lordship, has he been invited into every aspect of our life? That he knows us well. The sacrifice of Jesus on the cross should be mirrored in our sacrifice in our daily lives. And it should be something that we're excited about, that, that it changes every action that we do. Sometimes I wonder if maybe complacency is ruining the church. If we're not asking enough, is my master pleased with me? And while it may sound cliche, if, if Jesus were to come into the church and be handing out report cards for how we're doing, are we getting straight A's? I'm not. And because I'm not, I know I, I need to be doing better. There's work to be done for the kingdom. And again, this, this isn't to bring terror or judgment or an air of piety. Um, it's to give us some more fuel for the gas tank uh, as, we, as we seek to serve. It's to bring this excitement of recognizing who we serve. And a reminder that we're intentionally seeking a relationship and being sure that we have a relationship not just name-dropping because we know he's great, but being able to say, as Edmund says, well, he knows me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. <laughs> thank you that you even want a relationship with us. 
that it's something that you desire and invite us to. Lord, we know that we are not worthy of that on our own, but because of what you have done on the cross, Jesus, we can come and build this relationship. Help us to remember this in every day that we are pursuing you, that we're not just doing things to make sure that we're being legalistic or following the rules or memorizing for the sake of memorizing so that we can say, hey, we know lots about you. But that we're digging in deep so that, yes, we know lots about you, but you also know us. Thank you for your love and your grace and your pursuit. May we pursue you in the same way and with the same excitement, not out of, not out of fear as I had as a child. Um, yeah, out of, out of excitement because recognizing that it's an invitation to relationship. And thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.